Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,578. Buckle up. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and so excited to share with you today a very special guest calling in from Atlanta, where he says it's raining a little bit today, Spencer Pompelli. Spencer Pompelli is an American race car driver currently racing with the Racers Group, known as TRG. He also runs in the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series in a GS Audi R8, which he was enjoying last night at VIR, uh, driving with Rob for Hardpoint Motorsports, as well as contesting the N. NAEC in IMSA WeatherTech in a Grasser Magnus Lamborghini in GTD. He competed at the top levels of sports car for over two decades, driving his first Daytona 24 in 1998. He earned multiple victories in the American Le Mans Series and Grand Am Rolex Sports Car Series, including two GT class wins at the Rolex 24 Hour of Daytona. At the 2006 Rolex finale, he began his long relationship with Kevin Buckler at TRG and drove in the Grand Am Rolex GT Series Grand Am Continental Tire Sports Car Car Challenge. This is a tongue twister. An American Le Mans Series GTC category with TRG. This guy does it all. Spencer's experience is varied beyond sports cars. He has raced in the stock car ranks, including a near victory in ARCA R Remax Series. I should say, at New Jersey Motorsports Park, a test in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, as well as several late model events. Woo, he's busy. We'll be back in just a minute to talk to Spencer, but first a word from our valued sponsors to make this show possible, including Adobe Road Wines, which, of course, Spencer knows all about there with TRG. We'll be right back. Buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride today. The most damaging thing to your vehicle's interior isn't that drink your kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harsh UV rays damage your interior over time. They crack your dash. They fade the colors inside your car. And the heat makes getting into your favorite ride downright unbearable. My friends at Covercraft have the perfect solution for you. Their sunscreens are easy to use. They take seconds to install. And they protect your vehicle while parked in the harsh sun. They fold up easily and store away for those times you don't want to use your car cover. I have one for every one of my vehicles, and you should too. They come in a variety of colors and options, feature an accordion design that makes unfolding and folding them up a breeze. Want to give a gift that keeps on giving? Buy a sunscreen for your family members and your friends. They're custom made and fit almost any vehicle. Check out Covercraft.com for a huge number of styles, colors, and options that you're sure to love. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH120, that's Y-E-A-H-120 at Covercraft.com, you get 10% off your Covercraft order. Go to Covercraft.com and use the code YEAH120 at checkout, and you've got a deal. That's Covercraft.com. Use the code YEAH120 at checkout. Covercraft, they've got you covered. Get your sunscreen today. You'll thank me for it later. So what do you do after running a race team for 27 years? With over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans, Racer and the Racers Group team owner, Kevin Buckler, founded Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series. These are four ultra-premium red wine blends 
that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends, titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today I'm going to tell you about Apex. It's a rich and complex blend of Cabernet Sauvignon, Syrah, and Cabernet Franc. This blend is a showcase of perfection and hits the apex with its full-bodied smooth finish. An added very cool option is the label. It's a multi-dimensional rumble strip apex reminiscent of Turn 4 at Laguna Seca. The racing series is a spectacular gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word in all caps, at checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of the wines from the racing series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout for $10 off your purchase today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the racing series. Go to adoberoadwines.com today and use the code CARSYEAH. Cheers! Hey, Spencer, welcome to Cars. Yeah, my friend, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm buckled up, ready, and this time the crotch belt isn't too tight, so this will be a little bit. Hey, Mark, you forgot about my four trips to Le Mans. I appreciate oh. the but, uh, Yeah, the, the four, some of the highlights of my career have been the, the chances to go and race the 24 hours of Le Mans. It's unbelievable. If you, if you haven't been there, it won't do me any good trying to explain it because it's <laughs> yeah. impossible. You've just got to be there in person and witness the spectacle that it is, you know, from every, every aspect of that race, whether it's the track and how fast it is and how hard it is to learn and how much commitment it takes to go fast there yeah. uh, to the, the parade they do through downtown on Friday with these screaming fans that are absolutely insane. <laughs> uh, actually, you know, when I was a kid, I thought I'd be a race car driver and be, you know, this famous guy, people, uh, you know, were swooning all over. It turns out the reality is a little different, but then you go to Le Mans and, you know, you're, you're signing parts of anatomies that you never thought you'd. Uh, <laughs> well, we got to keep this clean. It's brief, a family show, Spencer. <laughs> for a brief second, you're really that as cool as you thought you would be. Yeah, well, so. it, you know, and I apologize for that. But my gosh, I mean, I was trying to figure out how do I condense this incredibly long career with so many things you've done into a short segment here. I mean, we'll be learning more about all the things you do. And I appreciate you uh, sharing that with us. Of course, you can't forget Lamar, the, the big king of endurance racing. It's absolutely spectacular. Well, listen, before we jump into our questions here, I want to ask you this question. What's one little thing that most people don't know about you that you might be willing to share, except for maybe some analysis? anatomy parts you've signed in your past <laughs> uh that's a good, very good question um you know uh, i could probably bring up a couple things uh you know I'm, i have a commercial helicopter pilot's license what i, I don't do much with it but uh, i really enjoy flying i think in you know alternate universe uh, or you know if i had to choose and do something different i couldn't do what i'm doing now because it's absolutely my first love and my second love would be aviation and um i also am uh, getting better every day at playing the guitar i started a band with my then three-year-old son, we'd go out and play in the street corner and make a little <laughs> money. He knew every word to, uh, you know, several ACDC Guns N' Roses oh my uh, gosh. songs, including all the inappropriate lyrics. And uh, <laughs> my daughter's a good singer as well. And um, but here's the, the big one that most people don't know, is that in college when I was uh, at James Madison University back in the, in the 90s, I was a cheerleader and we won a national title. 
No so, kidding. Oh my yeah. gosh. Wow. Well, you're a man of many talents. This is very cool. Uh, you know, in fact, I remember we did a wine tasting together for Adobe Road Wines, a virtual wine tasting, which Kevin was so kind to ask me to, to host. It was a really fun evening for you listeners that may have missed it. I'll make sure I put a link to that. I believe we have the Facebook Live recording of that. I'll double check that. We'll put it on Spencer's show notes page. But I know that when we were doing a, a pre-show check, you logged in and I saw this wall next to you full of guitars. I'm like, whoa, What's with that? So I knew a little bit about your guitar playing prowess. I think it's great you've taken up. I need to get mine down more often. I used to play a lot, and now I just don't seem to have the time, but you've inspired me. So, uh, yeah, I can take it down, play a little ACDC. That sounds like an idea. Uh, mm-hmm. My wife probably won't like that. We'll <laughs> fire up the amp and make some noise here. Oh, that's pretty cool. And uh, likes to fly helicopters. I love it. Very, very cool. Well, listen, as we continue on this uh journey we call your life. I always like to start with a mantra or some kind of success quote. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking here on Cars. Yeah. So Spencer, I know you love to drive, so take the wheel. All right. Well, actually, the uh, the one that came to mind, uh, I'm also a big Georgia Bulldogs football fan, and uh, I grew up in Virginia, but I, I married a, a Southern woman who is a UGA grad, and she's indoctrinated me into the SEC football world. So uh, I was listening to Coach Kirby Smart say something about how in uh, in football, there's not a lot you can control, but there's two things you can always control, whether it's football or life. And it applied to racing as well, because there's so many things in racing that are out of, out of your control as a driver. But you can always control two things, and that's your effort and your attitude. Mm. And I try to keep that in mind as I approach every day. I know there's going to be challenges, things that I, I really can't take uh, into account, but I can always bring a positive attitude and lift the attitudes of those around me with it. And then I can always put in all the effort I possibly can. You have to be smart about where you focus your effort, but yeah, yeah. there's uh, there's there's never a reason why you can't dial the effort up 100%. Oh, absolutely. And that word attitude, uh, so many times, and thankfully I had parents that taught me this, that when you had a bad attitude, that you have the power to change that attitude. Uh, you just have to find the tools and ways to do it, but you can do it really, really, actually very easily. It doesn't seem easy at the time, but you can certainly do it. So awesome ways to go through life. Well, let's talk a little bit about this life of yours because you're a very busy guy. I know you got in late last night. We're doing this show on a Friday morning here as we're recording it. You've been at VIR testing that Audi, having some fun in that car. You drive for TRG and the Porsche. I mean, you're just such a busy guy. So tell us a little bit about your life right now, racing. I know with the pandemic, the racing is kind of been shut down a little bit, but things seem to be edging open, thankfully, and hopefully we can see you guys out on the track sooner than later. And I know that actually the day we're shooting this, Adobe Road is going to open up their tasting tomorrow in Petaluma. Congratulations to them. I know that was last month because we record these a few weeks in advance, but so happy to see that going on. So tell us a little bit about what has you fired up and excited about your career in racing, Spencer. Well, obviously you mentioned the pandemic, which has shut everything down, but as a a driver who travels a lot actually enjoyed the time at home, getting to spend more time with the family and focus on them. And uh, I was actually a, you know, a teacher for a couple months here doing a lot of homeschooling with uh, both my kids. So I've enjoyed that. But I think you know what you're more asking about is what it's like in the normal times and, and what we can expect coming up here. And right now I'm racing in uh, two series full-time, the uh, SRO GT4 Championship. And that's divided into two categories where I'll be racing Sprint X, which is a version of the series where you have a co-driver and the races are a little longer and it features a pit stop. And I'm running with a gentleman named Craig Lyons, uh, who we've never driven together before. And so uh, we had one race before everything got shut down. So I'm really looking forward to getting going with that. 
and starting that up. And then uh, I race in the sprint series where it's just me in a different TRG, uh, Porsche GT4 Cayman. And we were in the middle of practice at uh, St. Pete when we got a, a red flag and we all had to come down the pit lane. And next thing you know, we're packing up and going home. So that season feels like it's barely gotten underway. So I'm really looking forward to getting back into that. And then I'm also doing um, you know, the, the Michelin Pilot Challenge GT4 car, the Audi, uh, in IMSA with a gentleman named Rob Ferriol. And he's just started a team called Hardpoint Motorsports, which is uh, is a new endeavor for both of us. And that's going to be a lot of fun. And then we've got the NEC Championship, all the long races. We finished second at Daytona this year in the Grasser Magnus Audi with my good friend uh, Andy Lolly as a co-driver. Yeah. And that whole season is going to resume late in the year for IMSA. So we'll be really busy with some endurance races in October and November. And then on top of that, you know, we've got all the other stuff outside of racing. Uh, the Racers Group and the Adobe Road. As you mentioned earlier, they're doing a lot of these virtual wine tastings, which I'm really enjoying. You know, we'll open up a good bottle. He'll ship it out to anyone that wants to join and uh, we'll, 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 we'll taste it. We'll listen to the winemaker and then I'll bring some sort of racing into it, you know, whether it's relevant to what's been going on and uh, uh, what would have been going on had we not been shut down. We, you know, we missed Long Beach. So we, we did a little talking about Long Beach and some video and we're just having a lot of fun with stuff like that. And then the other thing um, it's kind of exciting is that Rob Ferriol, the, the guy who owns Hardpoint Racing and my co-driver in the Michelin Pilot Challenge Audi, he started uh, the Real Racing Heroes Foundation. Uh, you go to hardpoint.com, you can find more information about that. But he's really trying to help raise money and awareness about some of the people in our paddock who are struggling right now. He's uh, doing a, a really good job of trying to get some money to help them through these rough times. So uh, there's a lot going on, even though there's, there's not. Uh, at the exact moment, but we've uh, we got some testing next week, and we're going to get back in the swing of it. I want to say our first race is the weekend of Ju- July 11th, and then the schedule's pretty busy from that point on. Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah, this is so important. And you touched on something we'll, we'll talk about real briefly, and so many people have been affected by this pandemic in, in so many ways, and you talk about all the workers that have been out of work and, and people, you know, not only businesses, people that own businesses, but also the people that work for all these businesses. And it's so great to hear that that team has put together an idea to help people. I always say that on the show, and I've been saying it for the last few months. If you can reach out and help somebody any way you can do it, it might even be going taking like my wife and I did last night, a little takeout with a local restaurant to keep them going so they can still be around when things come back. Or sometimes it's as simple. If you don't have the money to share, share your time, call somebody, just ask them how they're doing and then listen and let them talk. Uh, because this has just been a bad, bad situation. So do what you can for anybody out there to be kind, to be nice. And I'm so happy you guys are going to be back on the track having some fun. I think this is great. You and I had a great time with the uh, Adobe Road wine tasting that I hosted. The Racing Series Wines, by the way, and you hear their advertisement on the show, they become a sponsor here at Cars yeah, is absolutely cool. Uh, not only does it taste really, really good, it's really, really neat the way they package these things. In fact, we're going over to some friends for a barbecue tonight, and I'm taking my Racer Series bottles over there to share. So uh, I'm sure I'll come home with an empty box, but that's okay. The box is cool, too. I'm going to keep that. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but it's just cool. So check it out at Adobe Road, the racing series. Well, let's talk about this because being a racer, your life is fraught with ups and downs. So talk about a big challenge you face in your life. One of probably the many because of what you do for a living. But more importantly, what did it teach you, Spencer, so that you could move forward in a positive way coming out of that situation? Well, you talked about the ups and downs of racing, and it really is, I think, something that people on the outside would never understand until they live inside of it. But our challenges as drivers are 
in 20 years of doing this, I've never had more than a year long contract. And I race in multiple series. So every year I need to go out and try to and find a new job. Yeah. A new job. Yeah. So if you're not, if you're not a big fan of job hunting, it's probably isn't the right, not the right uh, thing for you. Wow. Because you're doing it uh, every year, you know, three times at least, uh, you know, and every, every year my season looks different. Uh, sometimes, you know, this season I've been fortunate enough to continue with everyone I was with last year. Uh, but that's the first time in a long time I can remember doing that. And I also do a decent amount of coaching from year to year, but this year I don't have any lined up. So the challenges are always just trying to uh, stay current. So what I've learned over the years is that, you know, that process never stops. Uh, and at no point do you ever want to think that I'm secure in what I'm doing. Uh, every single day I'm putting effort into continuing to promote myself, find new opportunity and uh and things like that and then you know in racing every time you're on track you also have to put a good foot forward because uh whether or not it's true the reality is you're perceived by how well you did in the last time you were on the car Mm -hmm. so it doesn't you can take you know a career of good driving and then have one little mistake to set that back and and so um you know just maintaining the focus is really the challenge and and you know i still learn to overcome that you know because the challenges are always evolving in racing. So your responses always have to be as well. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's something that I constantly have to work on. I can't even imagine that, you know, you think about most people settle into a job, they like it, they stay put, they enjoy the security of that job. But the fact is the minute you get in the seat, while you've got to focus on that race, obviously, let's say as soon as you get out of the seat, you got to think what's next, what's happening next. And that's got to be an incredible challenge. How do you, how do you work around that or how do you deal with that? Are you just so used to it now that it's just part of your normal actions? You're always thinking, okay, what's way ahead? There's a great metaphor here for racing because in racing, it's always head up, look down the road, never look where you are, always where you want to go. That's kind of the way your career is, right? Yeah, it's absolutely true. You know, it's good advice in the car and out of it. Um, we're always trying to think of what's next, always trying to think of the next thing we can do to be competitive. But, you know, what I've found is that if you surround yourself with good people, uh, you don't really have to come up with every idea. You know, it's a brainstorming session among other people, and you can all kind of feed and work off of each other to come up with really good, uh, you know, trajectories of where you want to bring your team, your your rides, your your competitive nature, your the things you're doing with the car you know, how you're structuring your team, all that stuff. Yeah. So uh, the best thing to do to, to look forward is to surround yourself with other smart, forward-looking people. And that's really uh, my favorite part of racing is what we get to do with the people that are there. You know, I always like to say, let's say I decided I wanted to be an accountant. I'm sure I'd be working with other accountants and I'm sure some of them would be good. But in racing, I get to work with some of the best people in the world at what they do. And to me, that's the, just the most fun part of all of this, as much as I like the driving, the cars and going to new places, getting to work with the people I get to work with on a daily basis is the absolute reason that brings me back to the track every time. And if you go, if you spend a day at the track and don't learn something, then it's on you. You know, yeah. you've messed up. Yeah, well, that's a great golden nugget you dropped there for listeners, both uh, young and old. Surround yourself with the really, really strong people and surround yourself with people that know a lot more than you do. That way you can learn every day. A great advice. Let's take another short break. Thank our sponsors. And we get back. We're going to talk a little bit about your personal journey with cars. Go back in time a little bit. What got you into racing, into cars? So sit tight, keep your seatbelt on, and we'll be right back. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. 
It's your monthly must-read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. And don't miss my weekly podcast with Keith Martin titled Buy, Sell, Hold. It's the essence of collecting. We talk to the movers and shakers in the collector car world. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. Let's take a pit stop from the conversation and talk about my charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. One of those nonprofits is very near and dear to my heart because it's right down the road from the Cars Yeah headquarters. It's the LeMay America's Car Museum in Tacoma, Washington. One of the world's truly great automobile collections and one of those must-see bucket list destinations for car people like you and me. If you haven't seen it, I hope you make a trip soon. And if you have seen it, it's probably time to visit again. To learn more about this fantastic museum, go to www.americascarmuseum.org. And while you're there, you can donate to help them keep their engines running. That's www.americascarmuseum.org. Hey, we're back, and I want you to share a story with us, Spencer, that was a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you wanted to be a racer. <laughs> we- I can go back even further than that. Okay. If you want. Yeah. So uh, my dad was in college at Lynchburg, Virginia, Lynchburg College, as was my mother. And apparently there's only a couple hundred students at that school. But the way that story's been told to me is when BIR had their races, whatever they were back then, there was a, a big sports car weekend and all the fraternities and sororities from Lynchburg would head down to VIR. Now, if any of your listeners are familiar with the history of VIR, Part of the mythology of how the track was before it shut down and then was reopened, um, you know, in 2000, was Spectator Hill and how crazy things got up there. Uh, <laughs> I listened uh, to Connie Nyholm on uh, a different podcast, and she was talking about how when they went to open the track again up on Spectator Hill, they found the men's and women's room, and it, all there was was a piece of metal that said "men," and you go around it, and it would just be wide open, and right next to it was women. Uh, There are some pretty sordid tales, but my dad and my mom actually met at VIR on one of those weekends. Oh my gosh. Wow. (laughs) And so my, my racing heritage really, I mean, or my life is owed to racing, you know, without VIR, who knows what, you know, if I'd even been here. Oh my gosh. Isn't that funny? You know, yeah. Well, it's a small world, isn't it? Yeah, Connie likes to say that I was conceived at VIR, but I don't know about that, but I do know my parents <laughs> met at VIR. And then um, 
you know, my dad was was a racer as well. He uh, he ran Formula Fours in Atlantic about the time I was born. Had a pretty nasty crash when just before I was one year old, and decided he'd take up a, a back seat. And then I remembered, you know, we would we did the runoffs in 1984. He had a he was with NTW, the tire company that was sponsoring the runoffs, and so he took my brother and I down and. and we got a little taste to see what it was like in the club racing scene. And then I remember going to the Detroit Grand Prix that same year when it was run downtown. It was really neat. Oh yeah. The biggest thing though, was when he got back into racing and about the time I was in middle school. So we would go, he ended up racing in camel lights and then GTP cars. And we went to the Miami Grand Prix. And then as he got into the GTP cars, started going to more and more races every year, went to Watkins Glen, Lime Rock, uh, Mid Ohio, a lot of these places I went to the first time, and I was as I was a kid, well before I ever you know sat in a race car. Yeah. So, you know, my my racing history really comes from my love and excitement that I got out of it in the Haiti of IMSA in the eighties, uh, going to all these tracks and watching him race. How fun! Well, you know, they came and raced in Del Mar when I was living there when I first got married and taking my wife to the Del Mar race there, which is pretty cool to watch those cars go around that very tight track through the Del Mar fairgrounds, basically. So uh, that's pretty darn cool. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first special car, vehicle, or race car. So you can either talk about a first special car in your life or the first race car you got in that you went, yeah, man, I made it. Well, let's go back to my first car. All right. It, I think true car guys will actually get this, but th- this car was probably my favorite car I've ever owned. And I don't even know if I owned it. I think it was my dad's car. He just let me, let me use it. But it was a 1988 Isuzu Trooper 2. Okay. Back then in 88, not a lot of people had SUVs. It wasn't, they weren't as common as they are now. And uh, I want to say it had four wheel drive, but I never put it in four wheel drive. I always just used the rear and it had stick shift, uh, not a lot of power, but th- I could slide that thing around the little dirt roads and, I abused that thing so much. I'm surprised it still ran. And to this day, <laughs> if I ever see one of those, uh, it brings back great memories. I pretty much learned how to control a car sliding. Not that I should have been, but yeah. I did yeah. in that thing. And you know, the things I learned then seemed to translate to the Skip Barber cars I got in. You know, when the first time I got the thing sideways, it just reminded me of me going down the dirt road way too fast in the Isuzu. Half sideways. Uh, well, that's a vehicle you don't really attribute to sliding sideways in, uh, being a high center of gravity type car. But, you know, if you can do it in that, you can do it in almost anything. Well, I did it on dirt roads. and that whenever, helps. Yeah. yeah. And I also learned how to heel-toe shift in the thing. You know, it wasn't really easy to work the gears on that. So I think a lot of the skills that I that were valuable when I first started racing, things I don't ever use nowadays or no one does, but unless you're jumping in a vintage car. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but a lot of it became second nature because I was so used to it on the street. Well, that's a pretty interesting answer. I expected something a little different, but that's okay. Going back to those roots. Well, here's an introspective question for you, Spencer. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle, what would you be and why? That's a great question. Uh, I would actually be a Tesla Model S. That's my current daily driver. Uh, I'm actually on my second one. I got my first one in 2013 when I was one of the first people in Atlanta to have one. And uh, I love that car. I think it's innovative. I think some of the things that they were doing with their internet connectivity and their over their updates and just how well they took on the current technology and integrated it into a car, it was great. And the fact that, you know, right now, like last night I drove back from VIR, you know, all on electricity. If you told me when I was, you know, 10 years ago that was even possible, 
you know, it was hard to get around the golf course in the golf cart, <laughs> yeah. you know, on electric and stuff back then. And now here I'm going up to VR and back. And then some of the things about it, you know, the fact that they'll basically drive by itself on the highway, but you got to pay attention. Yep. I don't want to yep. get myself in trouble here. And uh, I just feel like I'm beating the system every time I drive by a gas pump and yeah. don't have to stop. Uh, and those are so I like to think that I'm somewhat uh, innovative. I've got a different approach to a lot of things. When I first started racing, the, the way everyone approached corners was, you know, the later the apex, the better. And when I started going fast, I found that, you know, the earlier I could turn in, the faster my lap times would be. Ah. And I felt like everyone was asking me, you know, why are you doing that? And now it just seems like the way it seems like what everyone's doing. I claim I invented turning in early. Now, of course, people have been turning in early ever since we've had race cars, but they yeah. usually end up crashing. I, I feel like I invented turning in early to actually as a, as a, achieve, as a means of achieving a better lap time. And there you go. Well, I'll that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I like I'm that. Innovative. Tesla's innovative. We, we, we've come up with new ways to do things that other people are starting to adapt. So that that's how, that's what I would be. I like it. Very nice answer. All right. We're entering the last lap. You've been here before the white flags out. You can see the checkered in the distance. I'm going to fire off some questions. Ask them from very quick blips of that Tesla throttle, which sounds a little counterintuitive, doesn't it? I guess you don't need to do that. They'd be very quiet blips. Uh, but here we go. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes in racing? Yeah, absolutely. I've been a, uh, a vegan for coming up on 10 years this summer. And uh, that's for as far as athleticism goes, I feel like that's a huge advantage that I've had. And it also helps keep me disciplined as far as you know what I put in my body. And uh, if you can be disciplined in that, you can be you can carry that discipline over to other things. Um, my running that I use to prepare for racing and some of the, you know the workouts I do, that all gets benefited by that. So I'd say being plant-based really helps a lot with what we do. There you go. Absolutely. How about if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal, a vegan meal, with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased? Who would that individual be? I'd have to say there was a gentleman who used to write books called Carol Smith. He was an engineer. Oh, yeah. Wrote a lot of books called There was a Tune to Win, Engineer to Win. But he wrote a book called Drive to Win that when I first started racing, I got a copy of. And all it, it was just advice to drivers about how they could integrate with the team, what their role should be, and how to do it well. And I, to this day, I mean, I, that must have been 20 years ago I read it for the first time. I, to this day, carry lessons from that book forward. And I, I just don't know how not everyone who ever put, you know, strapped on a race car hasn't read that book. And so I would love to sit down with Carol. He's unfortunately deceased, but uh, have a drink and just spend some time. And what he said in that book is that it's not what you necessarily learn. He, he recommended other books. Mm -hmm. Read this book, read that book. And don't read them necessarily because what they're telling you is going to be useful. What you want to take away is how they approached what they're doing. And that's what I took away from his book. Everything he's talking about, how you shift, you know, how the tires are, none of that's still relevant because the technology has changed so much. But his approach to it is something I still carry. So I would say I'd love to have a drink with him. Yeah, it'd be fascinating. When I decided to race vintage cars, a good friend of mine bought me that book who had been racing vintage cars for a while. He was a very good driver. And I still have my copy because I referred back to it many, many times. Uh, great book. Absolutely. Anybody, even if you're going to go do uh, club driving at a track um, with your local club, uh, get your hands on this book. It's really worth having. How about the best automotive or racing advice someone else ever gave you, Spencer? What would that be? Well, my dad, who was a driver when I first started racing, he had two things I take to this day. He said, uh, never go faster than you need to go to finish where you're going to finish anyway. 
And what he was trying to say is that, you know, if you've got a lead, don't go crash the car trying to go faster, make the lead bigger. Now that advice still applies, but it's different. Now you just got, you don't want to get it to win by a lot and get a huge BOP weight penalty for the next race. But, you know, I think the best thing he ever told me was that racing sometimes will give you something, but it never owes you anything. (laughs) And if you keep that in mind, as you go through the ups and downs of racing, I think it helps you to kind of keep a level head and not get frustrated and uh, not let it, not let the whole process of all the things that are out of your control get to you. I I lost seven Daytonas before I won one. Well, yeah, it's all about the seat time. It takes practice, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially endurance racing. Oh, my gosh, so much involved. How about a great resource? Is there a go-to, a regular go-to for you you'd like to share? Um, no, actually, I um, you know for racing news, Sports Car 365 is the way to go. But um, you know, when I'm away from the racetrack, I, I don't really have any uh, go-tos as much as I like. But, you know, I like to uh, do a lot of reading, listen to podcasts like yours and things like that. So, uh, there, there's a lot of good stuff out there for all the different aspects of car culture, whether it's racing or enthusiasm or you know things like that. So much for us to enjoy these days. Now, you mentioned that book. I, I asked all my guests for a book reference, Drive to Win by Carol Smith. Uh, is that the book you'd like to reference or is there another one as well? Well, I think if you just want to have fun, one of my favorite books uh, in uh, of all time is The Last Open Road by uh, B.S. Levy, who's <laughs> a good friend of mine at this point. Uh, he wrote a book that's so good and so accurate for those of us who are truly automotive and racing enthusiasts. But the beauty of it is I gave it to my wife and she read it and she doesn't have any idea of the history that went into it, yet she enjoyed it just as much as I did. Uh, and I, I think that's that's neat. Uh, the Ford versus Ferrari movie is another good example of someone who took up a story that was automotive and made it uh, into a broad appeal. So if you get a chance to read The Last Open Road, whether or not you're a car enthusiast, and then the subsequent books that he wrote, uh, I think they're universally loved. Yeah, uh, Bert's a good friend of mine too, and uh, he's been on the show a couple times here. Uh, and one thing I'll remind our listeners, he just did a wonderful uh, version of The Last Open Road, which is a 50s radio audio version of The Last Open Road. I'll put a link to that, and I actually have a little cameo in that show. He called me and said, yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah, he said, would you like to be a character? He goes, it's a little bit part, so I uh, don't expect to be uh, anybody big, but he said, I'd like you to read a few lines. So yeah, I got to be in that thing, which is really fun. I'll put a link to that because it's a really, really cool listen. And, and again- yeah, are there, are there Any other cool people on that? Uh... Lots of cool people, and lots of famous people too. Well, Mark, by the way- I may have been one of those people in that book what? as well. Really? Oh my yeah. gosh, that's so cool. How fun. That was a lot of fun doing that, but I also had a very small part, but a, a fun one. Well, again, listeners, you got to get your hands on this because it's cool. Uh, it even comes in a cool little case you open up and uh, you can plug it into your computer, download it, or listen on your mobile device. He did an incredible job with that. I, I can't even imagine the work that went into that thing. Uh, but, you know, Bert's not one to do anything small. Uh, everything with Bert is big and elaborate. So uh, I'll make sure I put links to those. And by the way, he's got a whole series of really cool books. These are big reads. They're fun reads. They're great books to take on a vacation. And the audio version, their 50s radio version is cool. But that's cool. So you and I are stars on The Last Open Road. I like we're that. We're big time. We finally made it. Thank you, Bert. Appreciate that. All right, Spencer, we're up to the checkered flag here. And this last question will be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you a very cool, fun collector car. Could be a vintage car. Could be an old 
something fun to park in your garage, drive once in a while. But there are a few rules to this game. Since I'm going to be buying this car, you can't sell it to fund your racing program. You have to drive it. So that means it has to tick a lot of boxes. Uh, but it's the only cool collector car you can have. So that makes the, the answer maybe a little more challenging. Maybe not. So what can I buy you? Well... Uh, I'm not quite young, but I like to think of myself as young. I'm, I'm <laughs> From the fence I sit on, you're pretty young. <laughs> yeah, I live in the cool part of Atlanta with all the hipsters. Uh, okay. So I got to have something with some street cred. Yeah. I also have a family, and they also enjoy stuff like that. You know, they, they love to drive around in a cool car. So I think I would have to have a 1965-ish uh, Volkswagen bus. Oh, that's yeah, Vita cool. Bus. Something yeah. we could take to Bonnaroo and camp out in, but also drive around town and, uh, you know, get the street cred. So, well, you know, so, yeah, the, those are fun. And, you know, they've got the multi-window buses, which make it even more fun, especially for the kids. And, in fact, on this month's Sports Car Market magazine, on the cover is a bus. I think it sold for like $159,000 or something like that. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, it's a little crazy. Well, I have an idea for you. Here's what I'm going to do. Not only am I going to get you the bus, but I'm going to send it over to Louis Shefshik at JNL Fabricating. He builds and fabricates vintage race cars. He used to work on my cars when I was racing. And he built a bus for a guy named Tom that is killer. And I think you're going to love this idea. Uh, Tom wanted a bus for his Hawaiian home, but he didn't want something that was too slow to get up to the top of the the mountain there, uh, Mauna Kea, I think it's called, uh, where the, the lookout is. So what Louis did was he took a VW bus, a vintage bus, and he put a Porsche, I think it was a 964 engine in the back, McPherson struts, suspension. He redid the dash to have the five gauges of an old Porsche. Very cool. And so from the outside, this thing looks like a traditional old bus, and Tom has family, so he wanted to take his kids and stuff. But if you got to get up and go... The bus can get up and go. What do you think about that? Well, I, I love the idea, especially if you're trying to get a mountains, because I used to have a, a 72 Carmen Ghia, and I remember taking it on the highway. I would have to be full throttle a lot in the <laughs> rolling hills of Atlanta. Yeah. Just, but to me, one of the nice things about the old vintage cars is the reminder of what automotive or just motoring simply getting from A to B back then was like yeah. and how different it is now. Yeah. So I'm a little bit of a you know near mint condition off the factory floor type of guy uh -huh. but i think there's you know if you're facing challenges like going up a mountain for sure that would be a lot of fun too but the nice thing is the possibilities are endless uh you know you could even electrify it as you know i'm kind of a fan of so well i was just gonna say i have another idea for you david bernardo owns a company called z electric in san diego have you ever heard of him I have not. Okay, you got to check this out. What he does is he takes old VW buses, bugs. He's done it with a Gia, even with an early 911 Targa. And he puts a full battery pack in that thing and makes it fully electric. That would be cool. So I live in downtown Atlanta and the electric cars are really good from zero to 30 miles an hour. And they're not very good from 60 to 120. I'll tell you what, downtown Atlanta, you're not going 60 to 120. <laughs> no, probably not. You're going zero to 30 all the time yeah so it's uh it's nice to have a little bit of torque underneath you yeah well he he beefs up the suspension to handle the extra speeds and stability and so forth check out z electric it's the word electric with the z in front of it uh david bernardo he built some beautiful beautiful cars i think maybe since you love the tesla that's going to be the one i'm going to have to put together for you i think that you'd might like be it. it 
Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Spencer, you've taken us on a great ride. I knew this would be fun journey around the track a few times today. Thanks for sharing your stories. Before I let you go, could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive the family off into the sunset in that 65 VW bus? Well, I guess if it's, you know, for race car drivers, people that are aspiring to do, uh, you know, what what I'm doing and what what a lot of people in sports cars uh, get to enjoy every day as a career. I think the best bit of advice is to be where the action is. Ah. I feel like if you're sitting at home on your couch, whether you're a race car driver or, as we talked earlier, maybe a musician or an actor or whatever, no one's going to come knock on your door and say, we need you. Mm -hmm. But if you are there, if you're where the action is, if you're at the racetrack, helmet in hand, even if that just sucks sometimes, uh, being there without a ride, good things will happen. And they're certainly not going to happen if you're not there. So put on the walking shoes, grab the helmet, get ready to walk around the paddock, but be where the action is. Absolutely. And have a great attitude while you're there as well as per Spencer Pompelli. What's the best way for people to follow you and your racing antics? I am big on Twitter. So I would go to uh, follow at Spencer Pompelli and every now and then I also do the, uh, you know, the 30 something thing and post on Instagram and <laughs> yeah. I'm at Spencer underscore Pompelli. I think Spencer Pompelli was taken by somebody else. Yep. So I'm Spencer underscore Pompelli. And I kind of keep those up to date the most. I kind of tweet what we're doing and why. And there's also, you know, I like to try to keep it just around 50 50. I don't want it to be all racing or no racing. I know a lot of people like the racing stuff and following that, but I also like to, you know, show everyone what we're doing as far as, you know, the family and, uh, you know, what I'm doing here in Atlanta. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'll make sure I put links to all these ways to keep in touch and keep up with Spencer Pompelli on his Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com. I've been Spencer Pompelli, P-U-M-P-E-L-L-Y, and you'll be able to follow him and have some fun in your life as well. And of course, don't forget to follow me, Cars Yeah, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all over the place. LinkedIn is another great place too. Spencer, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences between track runs i uh, hope your season comes back on strong hard uh lots of wins for you guys i have no doubt you're gonna have a great season as we get back on the tracks until you and i talk again my friend i'll see you down the road thank you so much you're welcome thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at cars yeah drive on over to cars to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun download your free copy of filler up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!